Welcome to Top 5, Season 2, On the Road! This is the podcast where every week my special guest comes on, picks a topic, and then picks their top five in that topic. They could pick anything. They could pick something like craft beers, top five mythical creatures, top five bones in your body, whatever they so choose. Today my guest... Oh wait, I'm Taylor Matrix. Today my (laughs) guest... It's the unstoppable Pat Boyle. Patrick, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so glad you're here. This is a big get for us. <laughs> well, we, we have a lot of... You're actually the second cartoonist on this episode. Oh, oh yeah? On the, on the show? On, on the show. Yeah? Who else you have? Uh, we had Alan Abulancia, I think oh, you that's know cool. him. Yeah, yeah. His, his new comic, The Little Tidbits on Instaham, is getting very popular. Is it really? Yeah, like weirdly popular. That's cool. He was saying uh, in, in the episode, he was like, this is the thing I've done the least amount of work for and is clearly the most popular. That's ridiculous. You're I've, well... been, I've been working on my comics since 2000 ever and like 2007 and you know he like that's that's cool that's great for him. Well I everyone have to knows talk old, to him about that. Oh you gotta you gotta talk to him. Yeah. Everyone loves old Bean Man. Uh-huh. Do you want to real quick we're all for buzz marketing do you want to plug your your, uh, your comic real quick? Sure yeah. Uh, so I do a surrealist comic uh, called Mellow Out it's going to be available online through uh, Crap Pandemic, uh, is Julia F's web store. Uh, just got a couple issues of the compilation that's one through five over uh, to them to put it out, so that's cool. You know, that's a real prestigious printing press, Crap Pandemic. Yeah. that's probably... It's actually got a pretty big following. I it's bet ridiculous. it does. That's the yeah. thing. I bet it does. <laughs> <laughs> I want to follow it, and I don't care what they do. Yeah, right? Yeah. They could be like a sewer company. I'd be like, yeah. I'm like just plugging more. everyone else's stuff today. <laughs> we had someone plug a different podcast earlier, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, turn on this, on this one network. off and go listen to that. They were like, well, if you like podcasts, but you hate what you're listening to right now, you will also enjoy. And I was like, oh, okay. Could have, could have promoted one of the other ones on the network, but just a whole different, all right, that's fine. Yeah. Pat, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. What did you choose for your top five subject? I chose my top five uh, adult swim shows. These are shows that have finished airing. They're they're done, said and done. It's all in the books. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is the adult swims we all loved and then just got canceled. Right, yeah. But you know what? They had a wide variety of, we're just going to try this weird shit and see if it lands. Yeah, I mean, Adult Swim's been on the air since 2001, so there's a good 17 years of programming. I mean, not every series is The Simpsons. Right, you know yeah, what I absolutely. Mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's weird to see, like, what, when we were younger, was just the weirdest stoner stuff in the world becoming something like, uh, you know, the host of Rick and Morty. Yeah, Like, yeah. a worldwide phenomenon yeah. I mean, it started off with, like, you know, four shows. You had, what, Space Ghost, Brack, Sea uh, Lab, and Aqua Team. Stop naming my top five. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, those shows uh, kind of carried it, and it's definitely become this this huge thing. Went from, like, a niche uh, late-night programming block to being to having, like, great viewership and actually getting, um, you know, re- reviving a bunch of shows. Like, you know, Samurai Jack was revived on oh, that. Oh, yeah, Fully Coolie just came back this summer. Oh, no shit. Yeah, two new series of that, which yeah. is cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, Pat, it's that time. What is your number five Adult Swim show? Number five? Uh, that would be... Would be uh, The Brack Show. The Brack Show. Yeah. Brack Show is so good. Tell me about Brack Show. 
the Brack Show is just ridiculous. Uh, the first season of it is pretty tame. It's just kind of like a weird, like, Brady Bunch kind of style yeah, thing. It was like a spin-off sitcom with Brack, a villain from, <laughs> from Space Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, so Brack, like, you know, he's got a mom and a dad, and, like, his friend Zorak comes over and just, like... A whole lot of nothing happens in the first season. Doesn't he have, like, a tiny father? Yeah. Like, they just scale down his dad to, like, two-thirds size. And I think he he reminds me... He may have been modeled off of, like, Ricky Ricardo, even. Yeah. Yeah. He had, like, a Spanish dad. Yeah. Where, whereas Brack is, like, a weird cat alien yeah, guy yeah. with a face mask. Yeah. It's a real weird thing, but now I, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Just grab an old character and then start a whole show in, in a post-Family Guy world. That really makes sense, but then, yeah. that is one of the weirdest things on television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it they had a lot of good writers. Uh, MC Chris uh, used to do a lot of stuff with Adult Swim. He was one of the head writers on that show, or one of the writers, I shouldn't say the head writer, but he wrote my favorite episode, which is uh, Shadows of Heat. Which is... What? <laughs> yeah, it's called Shadows of Heat. You know, it's like, Shadows of Heat, how they flicker. It's just, you know, a weird, uh, almost like mystery episode. Okay. And the whole thing is they're planning a birthday for uh, a character that we never meet. And apparently he dies off screen, like, midway <laughs> through the episode. But it's uh, it, it's just like a murder mystery, like, spy <laughs> parody right. and with so much absurdity in the middle of a sitcom parody slash superhero villain parody layers oh yeah layers and then there's the one where they do all that I desire you which is almost like a soap opera thing it's got all the <laughs> twists and terms where like Brack's dad is a lowly worm farmer and Brack goes <laughs> off to art college in Boston and <laughs> just all this weird stuff yeah <laughs> It's weird what you can do with just, like, uh, a character people vaguely recognize, and they're like, all right, let's just build on that. And how much of it was just animated in, uh, like, Adobe Flash. Like, there was really not a lot of movement. Um, just super basic, and it, yeah. it was hysterical. It's it's real weird. Um, thank you for reminding me of that show. Yeah, it's I so good. It's I had so, forgotten that. It ran for all of, like, 20 episodes, and... Maybe eight of them suck, and then the rest are just amazing. Just gold. Yeah, gold just excellent TV. And, you know, they got canceled by surprise. Like, the cancellation came out of nowhere. And I remember, like, later on, I read somewhere, heard somewhere, it's like, oh, yeah, our whole writing staff, like, sobered up. We can't, we can't do any more of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a real problem for any Adult Swim fan or, or yeah. writer. But that's that. It's interesting that you bring that up because it, it almost you mentioned it was kind of like stoner comedy. It was um, alternative comedy before alternative comedy was really a thing. Before that all caught on. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that it's almost kind of grown beyond that uh, medium and where where it can host something like you know Rick and Morty that has appeal outside of an alternative style of comedy yeah, you know right right because uh, Rick and Morty can be you know people that just like yelling pickle Rick. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fun. They're not wrong. And other people are like, yeah, I do often want to kill myself. But, you know, I, I understand where Rick's coming from with this. Uh, but I have been quoted before that any Rick and Morty fans who think they're a Rick are wrong. They're a Jerry. We're <laughs> That's all funny. Jerry. It's, it's getting super off topic, but there's a, a whole thing about, like, the... Uh, about Rick Sanchez and the rise of I'm a piece of shit defense, 
where like you don't have to be accountable to anything you do because oh I'm just a piece of shit that's how I am and it's really detrimental and it's to a lot of things you know the whole yeah. fan base a lot of the fan base you know thinks Rick's a hero of the series and really he's not no he's clearly the it's, it's easy to like Rick but it's not someone you should idolize and people kind of lose that right and, of, and I mean when Rick does the I'm a piece of shit defense yeah he's a piece of shit but he also has a portal gun and invents stuff and does things right he's life. got re- he's got redeeming qualities outside of his personality yeah Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. He could, if he so chose. Right. Whereas the average Rick and Morty fan's redeeming quality is, well, I haven't killed anyone. Yeah. I got a beef. I got beef with Rick and Morty fans. Right? And it's such a good show. I love it. And then I'm like, oh, the fan base is awful. It's like, you know, that's why it's hard to be a fan of, like, some things. Like, you gotta hide your fandom. Like... Because, like, the, the fan base is just ridiculous. Like, no, I, 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 I do like that thing, and I don't want to be associated with any of you. Off topic, but Star Wars has become like that for me, where yeah, people are like, toxic. oh, I hate this, and I hate this person, this is all bad. And I'm like, but it's still Star Wars. Like, right, it's we were all united, because we like Star Wars, and everyone else liked football. Yeah. And that was your two choices. And I'm like, when did we forget that? Yeah. When did we cannibalize ourselves and also be weirdly racist? And I'm like, where did that come from in Star Wars? Yeah. I mean, sure, there's only two black people in the galaxy, but, I mean... It's Billy D. Williams and yeah. Sam Jackson, and now it's John Boyega. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. And the third one's too much for some people. It's like yeah, that's someone like got people. They're right. like whoa, whoa, whoa! It's like three and nine movies. Slow your yeah. Roll. Everyone, calm down. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so my number five. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna run like three hours. My 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 number five is uh, twelve ounce mouse. Do you remember this? I do. You know, that was actually one of my honorable mentions. It, and the, the problem is... Okay, you, you first. You so, talk about so, it. So 12 Hours Mouse is a stick figure of a mouse who is also like a detective or something. And he <laughs> like solves surreal crimes, but sometimes goes into a clock store and never leaves the clock store yeah. for a 20-minute episode or whatever. And it was it was my first real encounter with a a humor that other people got, but I didn't. It's great that you say that, because that's why it's my honorable mention. I've seen maybe three episodes because they're so hard to get through. It's eleven minutes. Yeah. The whole show is eleven minutes. It feels like a year. It, it, right. And I put the first I kept trying to watch it when I was going to sleep because I'm like, without fail, it'll put me to bed. Yeah. And but I keep feeling like I'm missing something. Like, yeah, like there's gotta be more to this show. That's the connection between that and there isn't one. Right. And that I talked to other people about like, no, there's no deeper meaning. That's what it is and no. what it is. I'm like, no, there's like gotta be a yeah. thing that I'm not getting. It's, it's so intriguing. Like the show doesn't It's, it's such a deconstruction of what yeah. a television show or what just a story is, yeah. and the story never happens, and you realize how connected you are to a three-act story that when none of that happens, yeah. you're like, what? why is it, this still... It's poorly drawn, yep. there's no plot, nope. and a, nothing will happen for 11 minutes, and then at the end you're like, I enjoyed that. Yeah. You're like, I want more. Like, yeah, give, give me more of that thing that just happened to me. And I'm like, are they geniuses? 
were the laziest writers. Like, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it just, I... That would have been my, uh, that would have been on my list, but I don't think I've seen enough episodes to really qualify it. Most of these I have seen all of that I'm mentioning. Um, But yeah, 12 Ounce Mouse is great. No, it is. That's the thing, it really is. I'm sorry, I'm adjusting things. Hey, audience, what's going on? I'm adjusting things. Um, yeah, no, it, it was good, and I honestly, I probably wouldn't watch it again, but it was a real encounter with, with a lot of weirdness I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Patrick, what is your number four? Number four? Well, I, uh, I wrote my top five, and then I called an audible and was going to rewrite the list, but I wrote the exact same five over again. So <laughs> so now I'm trying to remember what I wanted the order to be. Um, screw it, we'll go with it. Uh, no, I'll move that to honorable mention. Um, number four is uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, great show. It's so good. So good. Tell me about Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, for our listeners that aren't good at life. Right, the, so Harvey Birdman... Um, a lot of early Adult Swim uh, took assets from old Hanna-Barbera cartoons mm-hmm. and put them in new context, and that's where a lot of the humor came from. Is yeah. uh, you know Harvey Birdman is now a lawyer, and uh, he's defending a lot of the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. So there's like one where like Scooby Doo, where you know, Shaggy and Scooby get busted for possession. Yeah, and like Fred Flintstone's ahead of the mob. Um, a lot of just weird stuff, um, and that's that's. It's such a good show. It's so ridiculous. It is. What's funny is uh, the voice of Harvey Birdman now does a voice, uh, Bosco, the detective on Bob's Burgers. And yeah. And anything Bosco says, I think is inherently funny because I just, uh, anything that voice says is hysterical. I gotta, I gotta rewatch. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I gotta come back and do my top five voice actors because there's... I would love to a do lot that. of really good voice actors. I would love to do that. I am always impressed with people. I always impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, yeah, Harvey Birdman's great. It's actually coming back in the fall the with a new episode. One new episode. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I know it's where he's now the attorney general. Um, that's a better pick. Yeah, than what we got. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole thing. I think it's going to be a much more political um, play mm-hmm. on that. Um, as opposed to just, you know, bird law. Yeah, right. Well, no, I mean, he, he was he was an actual lawyer. I mean, he still got his power from the sun. Yeah, and still, gets, <laughs> still had a bird on his desk, a big eagle that hangs out with him. Yep, absolutely. Yep. There was one where uh, he couldn't get, he was losing his power because he couldn't get to the sun, and Peanut was giving him, uh, Peanut was his assistant. Right. Um, who was, was like hired, a smaller bird man yeah, he was like guy. a smaller bird man. And it was like, you know... He was uh, let go from his last job. There was the death of a supervisor. Nothing proven. Just thought it was time to move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Peanut was giving him, like, little tubes of, like, sun cream. And, you know, he'd get, he'd get like, super powerful for, like, a minute and have to buy more. <laughs> it's it's such a, a flipping of the old. Because Hanna-Barbera was just selling out every character they could, and William Street bought the bulk of that. Is that how it ended up? I assume so. That's that's what I heard, and that's why, because they, they ended up buying all those characters because they sold them dirt cheap because no one was using Yogi and Boo Boo. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, oh, Yogi was like the Unabomber. He was sending uh, cookie bouquets. He was. Cookies on dowels. And they, <laughs> they caught him because his, his typewriter would, like, 
put a J slightly up. Yeah. And, and that's how they figured it out because it yeah. matched. Yeah. Oh, and then, like, Jabberjaw was accused of, like, ripping off, uh, like, another band's, like, song. Uh, yeah, and I think the other band... was, like, Show You Weenie, I think was the name of the band. Probably. Yeah. That's a good name for a band. Yeah. I would listen to that band. <laughs> I'd buy the t-shirt. All right, you guys. How about yours? Wait, where were we up to? Four? Four. Four. My number four is Home Movies. Mm. Home Movies, which really brought us... Speaking of voice actors, Bob yeah. from Bob's Burgers, um, H. John Benjamin, is Coach McGurk. So, uh, whole movies was weirdly, like, biographical for me because as a kid, I had the camera. Like, we would run around with a camera and try to make movies on, like, yeah, yeah. a tape. And that was the thing to do. So, it was weird seeing a cartoon about a bunch of kids trying to make movies with, like, an old war horse cassette yeah, yeah. Record uh, direct to VHS. <laughs> yeah, direct to VHS. Oh, you need to make an edit? Rewind. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was weird to see that, but it was, you know, a show about kids that were way smarter than they have any right to be, and also their loser soccer coach, Coach McGurk, yep. trying to give advice and it not happening correctly. <laughs> Yeah, so that one is actually my other honorable mention. Oh, shit. Yeah, you got both of them. Um, that one in particular, I felt like I couldn't necessarily include it here because it was an Adult Swim original. It originally ran on the UPN in Squiggle Vision. Is for that the first right? Season. Yeah. I did and not I, know that. I never had cable as a kid, so I watched a lot of UPN. Um, I watched, like, the PJs. I watched, Ooh, like, some... Yeah. PJs was a good show. PJs... I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Right, I remember it as being good, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a claymation Eddie Murphy... Um, Vehicle. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that on merits, on that alone, that premise alone, I'd, I'd give it a rewatch. I'm happy it existed. I don't know if I'd buy the season, but I'm happy it existed. I don't know if the season exists. <laughs> it can't. Yeah. Um... Okay, we're good. <laughs> no, it's just like yours is spiking left and right. Like yours is louder than mine is, and I'm talking into this one. No, I can hear you just I'm, fine. I'm talking into. Okay, this guy's gone. We're on. Yeah. It's cool. We're good. Yeah. No, okay. you're working. We're cool. We'll cut all this out. It's cool. All right. What are we talking about? We're talking, movies. We're talking about. This is my sexy voice. Oh, let's do uh, MS. MS. Is your sexy voice? No. What are the. Uh, what are What's the thing everyone's doing now where they're, like, recording sexy noises and, and you listen to them? Oh, the ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. Someone did an ASMR reading of the Magic the Gathering official rulebook, which is written like law. I don't know if you've ever seen this goddamn thing. I can't it's, even imagine. It, like, the rulebook's like, Article 1A1... Oh, B, where it's like, so much of the rules contradicts other parts of the rules, and a lot of it comes down to just read your damn card, but, yeah. like... The judge book, it's like, if it was printed, it's all online, it'd be like a tome. Mm. It was actually kind of funny. I was at a tournament last week. This is all sidebar. Yeah. Um, and there was a match going on next to me. And there was a thing where, like, at the end of your turn, you have to look in your deck and put a permanent on the battlefield. Something's got to go on the table each turn. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked over the guy. I'm like, fail to find. Like, just say you don't have any left. And he's yeah. like, I can't do that. I have to do it. And, like, I'm telling him, no, that's an actual thing. If you, you don't have to reveal your deck and say, I don't have any more of these, because that's right. you don't have to show it. Right. And later on, the judge there was like, yeah, that's totally a thing. And I was like, who's the judge now? Ooh. And Junior was like, 
just gave me like a look like what that, the hell are you talking about? and then all the women were yeah, running at I you know. and you were hitting them away you were like no I, no I told my girlfriend about it later and uh you know she was all over me I yeah. didn't even finish the story is that why you're wearing rain boots <laughs> All right, we're gonna cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, home movies. It originally yeah. aired on the UPN for season one in Squiggle Vision, uh, along with uh, like Science Court, which was another oh, thing I in Squiggle Vision. Science Court, and I might be wrong, but I think they were both created by Lauren Bouchard, who has since created several shows, including Bob's Burgers. Was Doctor Katz involved in it? Doctor Katz was also Squiggle Vision. Yep, Doctor Katz was also Squiggle Vision. I don't know if Lauren Bouchard was also Doctor Katz. I think that was Comedy but, Central back in the day. Right, it was on Comedy Central. Um, John Benjamin was the son. That's right. Yep, and Jonathan Katz was on home movies. I forget who he played. I forget who he played, but okay. I think he was involved in that too. Okay. Um, ah. Yeah, so it's kind of funny that there was a lot of recurring characters. I think the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, John Katz' receptionist went on to be the voice of Melissa. Um, so there's a lot of connections between okay. home movies and Dr. Katz. And then furthermore, a lot of connection between that and Bob's Burgers, which is currently airing. You know, it's it's weird because you see the same kind of people going through the same stuff. When you look at it, you're like, oh, it's all good. Yeah. Why is it all good? Oh, it's all the same people. Yeah. yeah. And th- that's that's kind of cool. That's an interesting way of finding TV where it's almost like not what's... Uh, it's almost how you find new music. Like, here's an artist I like. Here's... Uh, other bands that are affiliated with that artist. Yeah. Here's like a TV show I like. Here's people that worked on this TV show. Like, mm-hmm. here's a storyboard artist that worked on Adventure Time that also did Over the Garden Wall. So I know that show is going to be really cool. Right, right, right. And I'm going to check that out, you know. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. It's time to take our first break. Sure. All right, guys. We're heading to break. And when we come back, we'll finish off listening. Listening? Listing. 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 Listing our top five Adult Swim shows. Welcome back to the top five. We'll count down top five Adult Swim shows. Pat Boyle's here with us today. I am. <laughs> he is. I realized I didn't know what I wanted from you in that moment. I'm like, I just turned in... There he is. I, I am here. Asking in his glory. It's a verifiable fact. God. Artist, musician. <sighs> do a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah, I do play in a band. I used to play in a band. I, we still do open mic sometimes, I guess. Yeah? Yeah. Actually, there was a open mic at Giorgio Days around the corner from where I live. And uh, one day, the my other bandmate's name is Pat. And he's like, hey, man, want to do an open mic? And I was like, sure. And uh, he's like, all right, we're up next. I was like what? <laughs> Did you sign me up before you even asked? And he's like, hurry, get over here. And I was like, alright, so we just show up and we even jammed in like two years. I don't remember half my songs. So like, it was a train wreck. And the second time I went up, I made sure that I had like my own lyrics in my phone so I could check against them. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just sitting on the couch having a couple beers. Like, it's late. I'm about to go to bed. He's like, hey, come do an open mic. I'm like, I'm trashed. <laughs> like, let's do this. <laughs> I'm trashed. I'm ready. Yeah. I've been training for this. <laughs> Chan this for our whole lives. All right, Patrick, we're up to number two. What is your number two adult swim show? We're on number three. And, uh... Are we? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. We're a format show, and 
on more than one occasion, I've forgotten the format. What is number three? We're on number three, and my number three is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, Patrick. I love Space Ghost Coast Space Ghost is so good. It's one of the flagship Adult Swim shows. Absolutely. I think that's the reason there is an Adult Swim show. Yeah. Or Adult Swim in general. And I think it was another one that, uh, I think it aired normally, and then they migrated it to Adult Swim when they created a couple other shows to fill out that programming block. I think Space Ghost might have been before Adult Swim. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was just on Cartoon Network. Yeah, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, yeah, Yeah. as a show. Yeah. Yeah, and it's such a good show, and it's uh, influenced a lot of other shows, like the Eric Andre show that's currently airing, Mm -hmm. has uh, taken direct influence from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And the longevity of that, they did an April Fool's uh, show a couple of years ago where they interviewed Tommy Wiseau of The Room. And oh. it was all the uh, Adult Swim bumps of that night fill out an 11-minute episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it's almost like they did another episode years later. Like a secret episode. And that thing ran for, Space Ghost ran for like nine seasons. Like oh, yeah. Tom York was on it. That was I, a good one. I had one of the DVDs. It's such a good show. Oh, everyone's on it. I didn't realize so many of the interviews are fake. Oh, yeah? Like, they're just... It's an interview that that guy did with someone else, and they just cut the interviewer out and put in Space Ghost. Yeah. And I mean, I of like, course they did. And I was like... When I was a kid, I really thought, I'm like, wow, David Byrne from the Talking Heads is here to talk to Space Ghost? My favorite late-night host? Yeah, alright. That, I can kind of see that, because I'm like, a lot of these seem like pretty big gets for uh, for Cartoon Network. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, I'd be, it'd be interesting to see, I, I mean, I assume that someone did interview them, but they had to sign some sort of waiver to show that it was going to be yeah. chopped up in a different way. Yeah. 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 Um, I know, like, Weird Al and stuff, but some of them were like, like, just, it was an entirely different interview, and so Space Ghost questions don't really make sense if you listen to them. Yeah. To the answer, and I'm like, wait, is he avoiding Space Ghost? Oh, no, he was just answering a different question. That makes so much sense. Right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, all the shows I picked are shows that finished airing, but the Erica Andre show that's currently airing, um, they try to keep that format in a way where, like, mm-hmm. they bring people on, and uh, they're supposed to be celebrities, but they're, like, not. They're <laughs> It's like someone impersonating someone, so, like, they have, like... Um, George Clooney on there and it's not George Clooney at all and like they have him sit in like a chair and Hannibal Burris just kind of looms he's like the sidekick yeah. he just kind of like looms behind them during the interview and they like do weird stuff like make the, the chair like smell like fish for one interview like smell rotten and they like turn the heat up really high in the studio so the person's just like smoldering in the heat like really weird stuff that they can still kind of emulate that Space Ghost style of like the interview just being so disjointed and bizarre yeah but still have you know just catch people off guard like that i think i think space goes really open the way for a lot of late night well, a lot of talk fake talk shows you know like the colbert report and stuff like oh, that yeah. um where it was just like no we're just here to be silly we're not here to do the johnny carson style late night yeah. i'm gonna do a, i'm gonna do you know a monologue then an interview then whatever here's my sidekick but it it also is that. It, it. I mean, it's definitely lampooning that um, that Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, um, that classic talk show thing, the late night talk yeah. show. Um, but I, you're right that a lot of modern talk shows have drawn influence from Space Ghost, where it has a bunch of absurdity, um, like 
where it's not just straight up like let's talk to you about like some stuff like now yeah. we're gonna do like a karaoke battle or we're gonna do like right. some like wacky stuff oh yeah I find late night like now with the Jimmy Fallon the James Corden stuff it's not so much we're gonna do a funny thing and you're gonna laugh it's we're gonna do a fun thing and we're all gonna have fun together yeah it's like let's make the Avengers play family feud that's not funny it's fun yeah but it's not fun and I'm sure Conan had a big part of that too cause, oh I'm sure yeah Conan, at least, was like, we're just going to do something super weird and hope everyone rolls really, with it. We're going to have a bunch of dumb characters that we keep bringing back. Here's a raccoon on a rocket, and I'm going to shoot t-shirts at it and hope this works. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I hope that comes to the Tonight Show. And none of it did. Oh, no, absolutely not. They were like, no, you will be boring. Yeah. And then you're fired. But anyway. Patrick, my number three. Yeah, what's three, yours? What three, do you got? Three? Yeah, three. We're on three. three. Definitely three. Okay. Is Moral Oral. Moral Oral. I didn't watch that one. Oh, I love Moral Oral. Moral Oral's a uh, claymation. He's a little claymation boy who learns a valuable Christian, you know, lesson each episode. A moral, if you will. (laughs) Um, But he's just a small, God-fearing child who uh, ends up distorting a Christian value every time. And then eventually his dad just takes him into his, like, office and be like, let me explain something to you, son. As he, like, puts his belt back on and, you know, his dad just beat the shit out of him. And he's like, Dad, I don't get it. Explain this to me. And it's it's just a really great perversion of what a leave-it-to-beaver kind of... uh, Like a Davy and Goliath. Yeah, absolutely. Like a made-for-Christianity show would be. Yeah, where yeah. he's like trying to help out a hobo and then he ends up... Oh, dude. Yeah, it's like oh. a Davy and the Goliath that they just completely warped. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's a fun satire and unlike certain Adult Swim shows, a well-crafted, you know, three-act show. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, it's a thing that made sense and we could all watch it and our brains wouldn't explode. The thing that I know about Moral Oral is that the series ends with uh, no children by the mountain goats playing. Or there's like a well-known scene with that. Yeah. And um, it's that I've seen that. And I was yeah. like, oh, this show's really dark. It's like, it's, it gets weirdly dark. Like yeah. there's an episode where I'm like, I'm pretty sure Oral just got molested. But uh, I, I'm not sure. so sure. Uh, and I, I hope this all gets settled at the end. But it's it's fun for like, one, I like Claymation. Everyone yeah. likes claymation. That's good stuff. Claymation's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Like the PJs. <laughs> you like the PJs, yeah. No, claymation's awesome. I actually just saw... I've been watching through all... I mean, I'm, I'm a, as a cartoonist, uh-huh. I do like a lot of animated shows. I've been watching a lot of... Um, I've been watching through uh, Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they do a claymation episode of Adventure Time, and that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's for one of the anniversaries, I think. No, Sorry. it's a season seven episode called Bad Jubies. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Because I know they did one where it was, everyone was computer animated. No, that, there was a computer, there was a bunch that they had guest animators on. Uh, there was one that was computer animated. That's really cool. They actually, last night, they aired an episode um, that was all Minecraft based. Oh, weird. Yeah. So, like, there were... It was all just Minecraft. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Minecraft that much. I don't do Minecraft. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. All right, Patrick. What is your number two? Number two is Frisky Dingo. 
Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo is amazing. Frisky Dingo is probably one of the weirdest shows. It's so yeah, yeah, no, it absolutely is. It's um the first season has a lot of weird stuff. It's this guy, Killface, who <laughs> wants to uh destroy the world. Mm-hmm. He um yeah, he, he wants to destroy the world, and he sends out postcards that say, like, the series starts with him sending out postcards that say, Welcome to Your Doom. And he catches national notoriety because they says, Welcome to Your Doom, like, you are, like, you, Y-O-U yeah, apostrophe yeah. R-E. Yeah, and the whole thing is just based around him, the first season is just him wanting to destroy the world. And then the second season, it only ran for two, the second season is him, want, like, running for president. And yeah. it's all about the election. It. It's a weird show because it's like he's he's a like a super villain, naked monster yeah. guy who also is very particular about like omelets and things. And I'm like, I, I don't. He's like a good dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a good father. He really really tries hard. Yeah, and like there's uh like Xander Cruz who's like some uh like billionaire playboy that's like trying to stop Killface. Um, and I think he runs against him in the election for season two. That sounds um, great to me. But the coolest part about Frisky Dingo is it's a transition show between... it was it, It's completely flew under everyone's radar. But it's made by the same people who did C-Lab mm-hmm. and Archer. Okay. Um, and it's definitely a transition show between the two. So you can see some interesting stuff that ha- that carries through. Like there's... Uh, for whatever reason, there's always a briefcase that opens up and there's just a muffin in it. <laughs> that's in C-Lab, that's in Frisky Dingo, and that's in Archer. Like, all three seasons at one point, there's a briefcase that opens up, there's just a muffin in it. Um, but there's also, Frisky Dingo did a thing where they would do a lot of uh, pauses. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they would just stop talking in the dialogue, and they do that in Archer sometimes. They do that in Archer, I was just thinking. They'll yep. stop and all look at each other. Yeah. Yep, and the thing where they kind of uh, finish each other's sentences with jump cuts uh, <laughs> related to different conversations is in Frisky Dingo, and that carries into Archer as well does i had no idea there was such a link between that but that makes perfect sense yep and that kind of goes back to the thing i was saying where you find out a tv show that's really cool like say you like archer then you go back and watch frisky dingo and you see um how the creators have carried the same ideas or the same tropes through Mm -hmm. different series yeah no it's that's that's really interesting that's another thing where it's like oh you like this guy then you're gonna like this show and this, and it kind of carries on, and we can all yeah, enjoy yeah. more stuff as we discover. Frisky Dingo is amazing. I, I think about that show a lot. Uh, I can rewatch that, because that was like one of those shows that was on a lot, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but, but I'm enjoying this the whole time. Right. Well, there's a continuity to it. Yeah. Oh, and the coolest thing about Frisky Dingo is, so you'll watch an episode, and then they recap it. They recap the last episode, the start of the new one, mm-hmm. and they retcon it. <laughs> it was a different a recap for something that there, didn't happen. There, yeah, there's a recap that where they either change the dialogue, they change the way something happened, or just completely ignore something that happened in the previous episode. And it kind of has this. The plot line does have continuity to it, but a lot of it is um, just keeps getting rewritten with every episode. That's delightful. Yeah, I enjoy that much. I'm gonna have to. Start, and you know what? That's an Adult Swim show. Great animation. Yeah. Everyone looks super cool. Yeah. Everything's super stylized. It, yeah, it looks like Archer. It looks yeah, it looks like Archer. Just real thick outlines. Yeah. Yeah. Just real broad strokes of those characters. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. I like it. I'm gonna have to check that out again. Yeah, absolutely. A lot it's, of this I tried to do some research and watch some stuff, and uh, I gotta tell you, 
this was a hard one having to watch a bunch of cartoons again. <laughs> I just did. Uh, I don't think. I don't know which episode it is or whatever. It doesn't matter. I just did a uh, 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 top five '90s cartoons. Okay. And I had to watch so many cartoons. I'm gonna tell you, some of that stuff is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Like going back, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> Can I? Well, yeah. Like. That's the thing. A lot of stuff doesn't hold up. And that's what I was afraid of. I didn't rewatch anything doing any research. I'm just going off of memory and what I... It's probably for the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, all these shows hold up great. Frisky Dingo. I can go watch this whole thing today and I'm like, this is everything that I said that I enjoyed about it is still there and it's still wonderful. Space mm-hmm. Ghost is still amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, something like... Uh, what, was it? what was another one that's going to be on there? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. The Bragg Show is probably worse than I remember. That's one that I can probably say. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I remember hard, it being... You don't want to go back. Yeah. Don't go back. You can never go home. Yeah. That's good. My number two. Yes, your number two. <laughs> is also Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. All right. I put this a little that. higher. I put this a little higher uh, than you did, Patrick. Yeah. But Harvey Birdman was... Such a weird show, and as a kid growing up with reruns of the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, it was so weird to see, you know, Apache Chief suing a company because he spilled coffee on his dick and he couldn't grow anymore. (laughs) And and the way they proved it was they brought in a sexy Indian to, like, seduce him, and he was like, ooh, I... Ooh, and then he becomes this huge Indian, and you're like, wait, wasn't that guy in Super Friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're doing we're doing a parody of both Super Friends and that lawsuit where the lady spilled coffee on herself. Yeah. And also subtly implying erectile dysfunction while also lampooning how dumb of a character Apache Chief was. Yeah. And, and that is so delightful. Yeah. They had a, an episode where it was a, it was a race Bannon and uh, Dr. Quest were breaking up and they had to decide who got the kids. And he's like, so are you a couple? He's like, no, he's my bodyguard. And I'm like, <laughs> right, but are you? And it really brought to light a lot of relationships I didn't really think of, like, yeah, Yogi and Boo Boo sleep together. Of course they do. Of yeah. course they do. They live in a cave. He's just bear and he's a little twink. It makes sense. <laughs> or they're both <laughs> bears. I'm not that well versed <laughs> in this uh, culture. I'm taking guesses. <laughs> but it really warped and also illuminated characters we all know. Yeah. It is just seeing a lot of the characters in... Uh different contexts was where a lot of the hilarity came from is is kind of the premise of that show yeah and pretty much what they did with it being able to still keep it topical of the day with the you know like the mcdonald's lawsuit with the hot coffee oh yeah um that's that's pretty great that's pretty great right yeah like it's it's delightful i <laughs> it's it's so nice and now you you see that on family guy and stuff they'll cut to some other character and then they'll be violent or they'll be whatever yeah, yeah. isn't uh characteristic of that but it was really nice to see that for the first time and be able to you know base a whole show around that pretty much yeah wasn't one of the lawyers the shrink ray guy 
Um. No, the shrink ray guy was his. Nope, nope, he was. Yeah, the shrink ray guy. The lawyers. He was the. See, yep, he was the lawyer. He was voiced by Stephen Colbert. Oh my god, he was. Yeah, I can hear his voice in my yep. head. Yeah, but it was just it was nice to see like one because I'm I don't know in my brain these characters exist somewhere and it's nice to see them get work. Yeah, yeah. Like like it's nice to see the caveman superhero guy really went back to school and now he's a judge. Yeah, he's like a judge. it's nice to see that. Mr. Birdman. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's that's a lot of fun and I think honestly you could keep doing that show. And fuck it, throw on some other characters. I would see a Marvel version of this. Yeah. Did you ever play the video game? The Harvey Birdman I'm video sorry, game? I'm sorry, what? Oh, yeah. It's um back when, uh, like, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, was really big. Oh, they yeah. Made, they made a Harvey Birdman, the Harvey Birdman version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it plays like an interactive episode. But it's, it's more... It's more uh, Phoenix Wright than Harvey Birdman, so, like... You have to press the witness and present evidence. You, like, point at them. That's all I know from yeah. that game is you point at people yeah. and say so, things. Right, so you have to, like, press the witness and, like, really, like, do a courtroom game and try to, like, you mm-hmm. know, get the verdict. So, I, I you, if you look up the walkthrough and yeah. it plays quickly, it just plays, like, an interactive episode. And, like, GG's in it and there's just, like, it, there's, like, three cases that you try. It goes by pretty quick, but it's, it's very Harvey Birdman. It's really good. Was there a point where Bird Girl is secretly Harvey Birdman's daughter? I thought she was Phil Ken Seven's daughter. Maybe that's it. And is in love with Birdman. I might be wrong. I don't know. Now I don't know. I know Peanut was always hitting on her. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's kind of weird because you're both just I thought she was people. Phil Ken Seven's daughter and idolized Birdman. I may have this wrong. It might be backwards. I didn't do any research. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I remember things and that's how they are. The- hey man, I opened up Wikipedia and I was like, I don't need to study. Mm-hmm. Which is the same thing I told myself in college, which is why I went to college for seven years. For yeah. a bachelor's. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, on that <laughs> note, we're going to go to our last break. And when we come back, we'll have your number one. Oh God, it's even there. <laughs> Back to top five. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The moment your loins have been quivering for. It's our number gross. one. It is gross. It's our number one. Don't talk about my adult. <laughs> it's a listener's loins. <laughs> I know they put their self up to the base and they're like, mm, base. Uh, it's your number one adult swim show. Pat, what? We're, we're here. What is your number one? Yeah, my number one. Children's Hospital. Oh, shit. Children's Hospital is amazing. I was wondering why that hadn't come up yet. Because it's my top one. It's my it's number, number one. one. It's so good. I was worried we were going to miss out. I was like, oh, I didn't put it on my list. I wanted to talk about it. No, that show is wonderful. And uh, both of the spinoffs. I think... Oh, I S- think FG53 SUV. Yeah. Sport Utility NTSF SUV. That was a pretty good one, and I'm almost think Newsreaders was a spinoff of Children's I Hospital it too. Was and Newsreaders was at funny least too. Two spinoffs. Yeah, Newsreaders was good too. It was like a show within a show. Um, Children's Hospital 
was filmed in the same ho- uh, prop hospital that Scrubs was filmed in. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's for, it's just it's a real it used to be a real hospital, right? Yeah. And they just it closed and now they use it to film yeah. hospital dramas. I think that was one of the first ones that Adult Swim had done in live action. I might be wrong on that because there was like Saul the Mole Man and uh, some other weird stuff that was live was, action. Eagle Heart. Eagle Heart was live action, but I think yeah, I think, I think Eagle Heart later. Was maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm not sure, because I didn't really watch Eagle Heart. I did watch Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital was so good. And Scrubs was a huge show. It was, uh, like, wildly popular. And for us, it was one channel away on Comedy Central at all times. Even now, it's like Gilligan's Island, man. Never went off the air. Like, it's always in syndication on some channel. Always on. I think that, I remember reading or hearing that somewhere, too. That, like, Gilligan's Island's never gone off the air. It might not be true anymore, but it's always been in syndication on some network. I remember it used to be on Nick at Night. Yeah. And then when I was older, Nick at Night was just showing shows from like five years ago. Yeah, it was from George Lopez. Like when I was a kid, it was The Monkees. And then in like 2005, it was shows from 2001. I was like, what? Like I was watching 50-year-old programming for no reason. Like the world's gotten faster, man. Like the Mm. turnover rate of... TV shows and memes. I mean, the shelf life of memes is just out of control. And that's only like a 45 second moment to use that meme. I'm already sick of slaps the roof of car. You can fit so many whatevers into it. That meme. Okay, so that I am meme the, spoke I'm the curator. To me when I first saw it. I'm the curator of dank and unusual memes. That uh, that meme started with one absurdist thing. It was slap like slaps the roof of car. You can fit so much spaghetti in this yeah, fucking. That's thing. what it was. And it was text. It wasn't a picture. Oh. And then a couple months later, it's now been picked up as like an image thing. Yeah, and it's everywhere for everything. It's Game of Thrones. It's Pokemon's. It's I saw it for the post office. <laughs> Slaps the roof of LLV. You can fit so much undertime in this, and I was like, "Who's this for? This is for nine <laughs> this is guys." For, it's so niche. And I'm like, uh, "Who's?" Picking up on new memes and also worked for the post office. Oh, me. Yeah. Um, so Children's Hospital did a really weird episode <laughs> to bring it back. First one? Um, yeah, well, they, yeah. I mean, well, like the whole show. So, like, it has a weird mythology where the whole show takes place inside a Venezuelan little person's fart. But, like, the show oh, is not a hospital for children. Like, um, General Hospital? What was the show where it was all an autistic kid's dream? Saint, Saint something? It Saint was, Elsewhere? Saint Elsewhere, maybe. It was, a, it was a hospital drama. Okay. And the very last episode, it was all within an autistic child's imagination. Okay. Was the ending of the show. Yeah, because, like, the later episodes of Children's Hospital, Rob Corddry who played a character in the show, was also the director of the show in real life, but he played a fictionalized version of himself as a character who directed and created the show and would talk about, like, the backstory of the show. So, like, there's... It gets super absurdist later on. And, um, like, I think the first season was all webisodes and they're, like, five minutes. They go by like that. Um, But, like... It's all ridiculous. And the Children's Hospital is not actually a hospital for children at all. It was founded by Arthur Children's. And, like, the motto is, like, the children's are the future. <laughs> like, he means his family. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so good. 
it's it's another one of those shows with layers where on the top it's like oh he has clown makeup on it's kind of a joke off Patch Adams where you're like oh well he's got like humor, blood smeared but he's also covered in blood yeah. at all times there's like one point where you see him like getting ready for the day and he's like putting like fresh blood on his scrubs <laughs> and so like yeah it's a play on scrubs playing all those hospital dramas and they really try to hype up like some of the uh, some of the drama yeah um but like the cast in that show is amazing. It's like Rob Hubel, Rob, uh, Rob Corddry, yeah, um, Lake Bell, yes, um, oh Lake Bell. A ton of people are in that show. Uh, James Wayne plays a rabbi in that show. Um, rabbi Jewy McJuju. Um, ah, the yeah. satire of. There's so much redi- like all the all Where the characters made him an Irish Jew. <laughs> Yeah, so and but they did one episode that was all um, live, uh-huh. like the way they kind of ham up like here's a live like show, but they would run through the hospital, from room to room, in real time with the cameras running, <laughs> to do the show. Right. So like a character would be like, oh, "We gotta do this thing," and then they like run in real time to the room to do the thing. Right. With the camera crew and they're like, you see them like racing up the stairs and like. They're panting when they get to the next room. They're like, oh, all right, one second, here we go. Yeah. It's got, it's kind of almost, par- like, 30 Rock would do the live episode where yeah. they're, you know. They, they show, like, East Coast and West Coast. They do the same episode twice. Right, day. right. Yeah. But <laughs> I miss Children's Hospital. Yeah, I, I almost want to go back and rewatch it. I think it finished airing in, two th- uh, I don't know, 2013? Sounds about right. It's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Man. But that show was really good. I remember whenever it would have a new season, Rob Corgi would do the podcast like circuit, and I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get Rob Corgi all week on all these shows. And they would like make him go out and hustle and do like, you know, five two hour podcasts each week until the series came out. And I was like, oh, cool, Rob Corgi's going to be on everything. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those shows where Doll Swim kind of made that pivot where it was still alternative comedy, but it wasn't just straight um, animated, um, kind of almost low-budget Surreal, animation. Surrealist. 12-ounce mouse. Yeah, 12-ounce mouse or using Hanna-Barbera assets or strictly relying on uh, kind of like uh, outsider, like stoner humor. Like yeah, yeah. Aqua Teen. Yeah, exactly. The stuff yeah, that's yeah. more absurdist in Surrealist. Yeah. Um, so it had an appeal of that, and this was more. This had more of a mainstream appeal, Children's Hospital, because it was a parody of so many of these, like Grey's Anatomy and oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. hospital drama, like pre- police procedural hospital drama, those are the two shows that are always on and they always sell. And somehow there's all these people that fucking love the same two <laughs> bullshits. Listeners of the other show, Pop Five, know how I feel about police procedurals. Not everything has to be one, but. The people, like, people are so devoted to it, and it's so easy to sell a police procedural. Well, we need to flesh out our procedural. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Chief, uh, partners? Oh, partners. Chief, Chief and McLeod? I, so I keep bringing up partners to people. Like, they've heard about it. Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> Is <laughs> this episode of partners? Yeah, it was written McLeod in my head. Was deep in there. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, he was deep into that case. Um, 
The whole it, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll talk about it for honorable mentions. Well, we're talking about partners. We're talking. We're, I want it recorded. We're going to bring it up later because that show is too good not to exist, and I'm how, consistently upset. It's the how legally binding are these podcasts? We can say like this is a timestamp today in case it somehow oh, gets pitched. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Because we're going to develop into this this into a real thing. Okay, I got something to talk to you about later. Well, remind me. Um, sure. So my number one. <laughs> yeah. I fucked up. I fucked up my number one, Pat, what and I don't know what one? to do. My number one is Venture Brothers, which apparently it's is not airing. canceled. It's still airing. New episode comes back next month. The it's, 7th, the 5th of August. It comes back in like two weeks. It has been years. Yeah, the new season Venture comes Brothers out like every two on. years. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it's like I know two to three years. So, uh, this is my show. I don't give a shit. I want to talk about Venture Brothers. Oh, it's so good. That's why I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. pick Venture Brothers. couldn't pick, uh, uh, like, Mike Tyson Mysteries. couldn't yeah. pick Rick and Morty. Those yeah. are all amazing shows, but yeah. they're currently airing. And I, yeah. I the Adult Swim's only gotten better. Yeah. It's, oh, that's the worst part. Adult Swim's way better than it used to be. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, and all my friends smoked weed, they would watch all this shit. And I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. But now it didn't have mainstream appeal. It didn't. Right. It relied on absurdist humor that drug culture kind of lent itself towards. Like, oh man, that's weird, dude. Just for the sake of being weird, like, and that's cool for what it is. But you're not going to be able to reach that that you know sweet demographic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'm in that sweet ass demographic. <laughs> that eighteen to forty five. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know that that twelve to twenty three demographic. You really want to get in on that. Yeah. I think that's Adventure Times. Demographic. It's like, is it twelve to twenty three? Twelve to twenty five. I know children like the same show that I like, and that's weird. The, so like, we'll watch a, a Adventure Time. I've watched. There's two hundred and seventy eight episodes. Yeah. I have seen all of them except for 14 at this point. Yeah. I, I've, and it's all been done in the last two weeks because I could spend my valuable time learning a skill, improving my life, doing something, but instead I'm going to watch a cartoon. Buddy, I watched through Parks and Rec for the fourth time. <laughs> all of it. That yeah, show I used to had spend like my, nine seasons. I used to spend like Christmas breaks rewatching Futurama. Like, all my college yeah. breaks, like, all five of them, I would just rewatch Futurama. Yeah. Yeah, like, the I'll same, like, even the, the old episodes. I wouldn't rewatch the new ones that, like, just aired, you no, know, no, no. at just that, that time. first four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. All right. So, Venture Brothers is uh, originally kind of a parody off of Johnny Quest. Yeah. So, jo- the idea is that Dr. Venture used to be Rusty Venture, who was, like, the child sidekick of his father. So it's kind of the story of what would happen to Johnny Quest if he grew up. But to confuse matters more, there is an actual Johnny Quest in the show. Yeah. Who did grow up into a junkie. So it's kind of like... His, like, was they find him at, like, the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's like having a real bad time. He's, oh, yeah. like, freaking Really out. not doing well. Yeah. It's the story of a child sidekick in, like, a 60s cartoon, grew up to be a not-good scientist, but still, like, trailing on his father's coattails, and also he has two kids who get killed so often, he has to keep a bank of clones to keep bringing them back. Yeah. And his bodyguard, who is kind of a race Bannon parody, except he loves murder and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So, when I heard Adventure Time was coming back... I started rewatching it 
and I made it into season three. Um, this about maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. And uh, Adventure Time started airing in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. And it's 2018. The show's been airing for 14 years. Yeah. And they are about to air season seven. Yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe mm-hmm. it's season mm-hmm. seven about to come up. Um, and what's interesting is how much of the world has changed from 2004 to now. The early episodes have a lot of, uh, they throw the R word around a lot. They yeah. say things are yeah, retarded way more than is acceptable mm-hmm. and than anyone ever should say. Yeah. And that's only, you know, recently become kind of a thing that's like, well, like, you know, that's not cool. But in 2004, that's, it wasn't on people's radar. Yeah, not even a thing. And there's about. a lot of, um, you know, jokes at the expense of Dr. Girlfriend that uh, are definitely um, not... Uh, be, because she talks like she just has a deeper voice. Yeah, right. It's like do you smoke cigarettes or do you just eat them? Yeah, and like she she has a humorously deep voice. Oh yeah, for a very attractive woman, and that is the joke. Yeah, but that as you get to know that character, that joke's not funny anymore. It's just part of who she is. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that joke is not funny by today's standard. You know what I mean? It's not the joke that really flies. Right, I, I would say... It the is, same type of joke will catch a lot more flack today. Um, I think it, it's not a shorthand like it used to be. Like, you, yeah. get, here's our sexy lady character, and she talks like this. Look at how funny it is that our sexy lady character talks like this. And now we're like, I don't know, I guess she talks like that. Right, like that's, you know... That's not my problem, whereas at the time that was a shorthand to, this is the joke, and now it's like, I don't know, that's just a weird thing that's happening in the show. Right, there, I mean, there's a lot of, like... Um, trans jokes made at her expense mm-hmm. um and those type of jokes along with you know saying the r word aren't really yeah don't you, you don't really get that's not a thing that's, that's okay that's you know not what i mean something you would see on tv yeah it's not it's not cool to do yeah um but dr girlfriend's character goes through such a change where you know she starts off as a, a sidekick she's to the a monarch. jackie kennedy joke she's dressed oh like, yeah she's, she's dressed yeah. like jackie kennedy right. the whole time until she becomes a super villain herself, right? And she, you know, is you know she's the number two for uh, for the monarch. Then she goes to uh, Phantom Limb, goes back to Phantom Limb, who she dated in the past. I and think then she eventually she, she she wasn't right for Phantom Limb, right? But eventually she becomes the leader of the Guild of Calamitous Intent, uh, like her where she belongs. Her story arc, right? It goes through like such a um, positive arc where, like, you know, she is a character with a lot of potential. And really be is able to achieve that potential yeah. by the end of the series. It, it's real nice to see that kind of character change in a serialized story because it would be so easy to keep her as just a foil for the monarch, as just a cheap joke about how she talks, mm-hmm. and and to be like, oh, you're our pretty sidekick, but you talk funny. She could have stayed like that yeah. the entire season, like basically any show on TV where no one changes ever. But it's nice to see an arc where she gets some power, then she goes back to Phantom Limb, and he kind of tries to make her his number two, just help me pick out the bread knives, and of course that's nowhere near her potential. I'm glad we can get so fucking deep on Dr. Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, I but, mean, all the all the characters. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, even, no. Even, like, the henchmen. Yeah, the, like, so, oh, the henchmen changes. So, like, the henchmen, entirely. they're just, like, normal henchmen for the monarch. And then uh, the... Uh, One of them dies. Well, yeah, but at first they both are out of work because yeah. the monarch is <laughs> yeah. like gets kicked out of the guild for they a They go back and live in, with their parents. Right, and then they go into a 
uh, like uh, recovery group for henchmen. For henchmen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like they meet each other. Then like uh, the one of them dies, and then the other guy who's like the fat like Star Wars nerd with the closet full of collectible shit. Yeah. He turns uh, into the badass. Yeah, he becomes a badass. And, like, it's kind of funny because, like, there's an early episode where him and Brock Samson kind of, like, do, like, have, like, an episode together. Yeah. And then, like, later on he becomes, like, a badass and, like, Brock almost grows to respect him. Right. Later on. Right. And Brock, who is just a murder machine. Yeah. He's he's supposed to be just the bodyguard. He's a race band. And he's the guy who's going to throw the punch and you're going to see a big thing that says, Biff. Yeah. Pow. He's just the guy who, like, throws a dude overboard, but instead he's just stabbing them to death, <laughs> and he comes out covered in blood, right. naked. That's like the, the ghost pirates, like, the, oh, oh the, yeah, the pirate ship, the ghost pirate ship is, like, trying to hijack them, and then, like, they're just people. He's like, oh, my God, stop, please. Like, I didn't know Brock was aboard. Oh, God, we're fucked. <laughs> and there's just, like, it's a Scooby-Doo plot line. Yeah. But the hero is a murder monster. Yeah. He's just, all I need to say, dude, just murder with a knife. And, oh, man, the show's so good. Um, it's just, it, and it really, it's, he's listening to Zeppelin, he's like, Zepp's not jock, it's not jock rock. It's like, and then Helper's like, oh, like, Helper's like, oh, they're talking about, like, hobbits. Yeah. Oh, they're like, yeah, hobbits are cool. It's, <laughs> it's about girls and cars and, yeah, and hobbits, too, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm like, yeah, Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. There's a Hunter S. Thompson character. Oh, yeah, Hunter Gathers. Yeah. It's like, what's <laughs> going yeah. Welcome to the Office of Secret Intelligence. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to go around here, you've got to, you're going to learn to be a secret agent. Yeah. Uh, Waller, it's, it's got a, the episode where Hunter gets a sex change to hide, which has its own things, but that was a Doors reference and a Chinatown reference in it. Where it's like, what, what did you do? And he's slapping the surgeon. He goes, he's your mother. Slaps him, he's your father. Slaps, he's the mother. He's your father. He's your mother and your father. And I'm like, he's your, she's my sister and she's my daughter. It's it's from Chinatown. Meanwhile, uh, uh, oh, God. Uh, who's the blonde venture brother? Oh, uh, 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 Dean. Dean. Yeah. yeah. Dean's having a, a acid trip and he, he goes on like like a Doors style and he reenacts the whole intro from um, not Crystal Ships I can't remember but just like mother I wanna oh yeah and just bullshit Doors stuff but I'm like how many really smart references are gonna be in this show for people who fell asleep with the TV on yeah yeah that's a really good point yeah yeah um yeah, man. The show is so good. And I, uh, the thing is, like, you watch it kind of as a casual viewer, um, and I lost a lot of the plot. Like, I didn't pick up on, mm-hmm. like, the whole thing with the Guild of Calamitous Intent. I don't know what that's about. Dave, David Bowie's in charge. Oh, yeah. David Bowie's a sovereign, and he's a shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't understand, or didn't understand the background with, um, like, how certain people can arc certain people. So I started rewatching and trying to, like, yeah. understand all of it, because it's so much Wikipedia to read, and I'm it's, like, I'll just... It's, like, it's every trope of, like, the hero has a villain, but it's also includes, like, what a bureaucracy would be yeah. to keep the heroes and villains at the same level, so they're always fighting each other, and they yeah. never stop. So, like... When the monarch gets reassigned to like Doctor Manatee, and he ends up just murdering him. My cuttlefish. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, I get it. All right, I see where this is going. Yeah. So, it, and when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's why heroes and villains are always 
opposites, excuse me, opposites and equals, I just shit my pants, that's what that noise was, opposites and equals that always fight forever, it's because it's all unionized yeah. and it's all There's set like up. A agency keeping it in check that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I missed a lot of. I, I understand that exists within the show, but I wanted, like, clearly I'm more interested in the lore and all the stuff behind the things I like. That, you know, I like this thing. I want to know everything about it. I want to know who worked on it. I want to know what it's affiliated with. I want to know, like, all of it. Yeah. And that's what I was missing a lot of with Venture Bros, which is a show that's been running for 14 years. Oh, yeah. That clearly a degree of thought goes into the show that is lacking from a lot of the other stuff that is on Adult Swim. And for something that started airing in 2004, at the time where they were still showing Harvey Birdman, Brack Show, yeah. Aqua Teen, yeah. um, a lot of the more simpler avant-garde shows... Um, this is something that was completely new and different. You, you can tell it's a labor of love. Like it yeah. is someone's, uh, not uh, their 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 piece their their you know opera. This mm-hmm. is their thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's so nice because I think it's only a couple of guys writing it that there was an old, there were two members of the Calamitous the, the Guild of Calamitous Intent, an old guy, two old guys, a fat guy, and a skinny guy. And whatever, they're just like generic villains. Later on, they're revealed that they are Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper, who didn't actually die in the car crash, <laughs> but, were, were put, were, but showed up together car later. Crash? And were a car crash. Yeah, you know, the plane crash. And uh, I don't know. Wasn't Richie Valens in Miss America. No, they ate him, I think. I think they ate Richie Valens. Because they crashed in the mountains and they had to eat him. And then they got picked up and became super villains. And then at some point, one of them dies and gets his head sewn on to the other guy. And I'm like, what a rich tapestry of weirdness you've created for There's me. There's so much lore. Just like me. More lore than you can shake a stick at. It's like Lord of the Rings level of lore. Oh, yeah. You know when what I mean? And that's like all contained within this show. And that you miss as like a throwaway line. Oh, yeah. It, it's a show that is essentially a parody of something that happened in the 60s of a Johnny Quest thing <laughs> to create this enormous world and how everyone's not Game of Thrones style obsessed with it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how this flies under anyone's right. I own the fucking DVDs. Yeah. I haven't bought a DVD in 10 years. Those are the only ones I want. Yeah. Not 10 years, five years. Yep. Not that old. That's good. That's good. That was going to be on my list, but it's still airing. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know until literally I was sitting here and I looked at my phone and went, wait, what? They're making new episodes? Yeah, like it airs in two weeks. Yeah. So if I... Yeah. I have to look forward to it. Yeah. So if, I mean, if I picked that, like, any Adult Swim show, it'd be all the stuff that's currently airing. There's so much good stuff. It's hard. And, you know, Adult Swim, they know what's good. They'll do something until they can't do it anymore. I mean, for God's sake, how long was Aqua Teen on for? Five, six seasons? years? Yeah. It no, was tens, it was ten? on... Jesus. It started airing in 2001, and it ended... 2012? And a movie. And a movie. It was the only show to be made into a full movie. And, uh, like, the last couple episodes of Aqua Teen, or a couple seasons, are great. Because they, like... There's one where they're back to being cops... Oh, like, that's right. That's how Aqua, it Aqua Unit Patrol Squad 1 or whatever. Then there's Aqua yeah. TV Show Show. And then there's Aqua Unit something, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like they keep changing the title of the show for the last couple seasons. 
um, they actually hit the 100 episode mark, but they that episode, at one point, like, someone comes out and says, no, you are making 11 minute episodes, so really you hit 50. Ah. <laughs> like, and Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's so good. And, uh, the voice of, uh, Shake. I keep yeah. hearing him in other stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's Master Shake. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, I agree. All right, Pat, that's the end of our top five. <sighs> Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, well, I just got into, uh, Aqua Teen. I was talking about that. Aqua yeah. Teen's so good. I mean, really, uh, Aqua Teen, for a minute, became kind of the face of Adult Swim. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad that they didn't get pigeonholed in. They definitely embraced that avant-garde style. Of... I, I think Aqua Teen was a breakthrough for people. I mean, that was a show that had merchandising, you know? Yeah. I still have, uh, plushies of, uh, Shake, Frylock, and Meatwad. I got them at Hot Topic on clearance. They were like three bucks a piece. Why not? This is many moons ago. It was like 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, it's so good. And it really became kind of the face of that. That was the marketable show because they were recognizable characters. It was a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And there was whole episodes that like nothing would happen. And like, yeah. just it would just be weird. It, it's just weird, but it's like, oh, our, our characters are fast food items but also they have to pay rent and they live next door to, you know, a guy who sometimes lets them use their oh, pool. Oh, Carl's so good. No, he didn't let him use her pool. They, they kept sneaking in the pool. into his pool. <laughs> got in the pool. Oh, and I was like, the... everyone knows a Carl. And at one point, like, uh, there was an Andrew WK episode. Uh, That's right. Wasn't, like, Danzig his landlord at one point or Danzig was going to buy the house from Carl? There was a bunch of, like, weird stuff that happened. There was a live-action one, and I think H. John Benjamin was one of the characters. He was Milch. He was, uh, yeah, Shake. Master Shake, yeah. yeah. And I remember being like, I kind of wish he and still had the same And T-Pain was Frylock. And that's where I almost, I almost have a degree of respect for T-Pain, because he does goofy-ass shit like that. He does oh, I'm I on a boat. The shit out of T-Pain. He does I'm on a boat with, um, mm-hmm. with a Lonely Island. He has a song yep. with Taylor Swift called Thug Story, which is a parody of her song Love Story. It's okay, T-Pizzle and T-Swizzle. Oh, it's so good. I respect the shit out of most hype men, because mm-hmm. most hype men know what they're doing. Like, I know what my role is in this. I know where I'm going. I know the best I can come up with, like, later on is to show up unexpectedly on something, or in the case of... Uh, Was T-Pain a hype man? I mean, he T- had his own solo career. T-Pain had his own solo career. He really started as a hype man. But he kind of got lost in the mix with Akon. There was two, like, robot-sounding people yes. that were really big at the time. I owned a T-Pain like microphone. Either what? T-Pain had his <laughs> own toy line of microphones right. that would auto-tune your voice <laughs> when you sang into them. And I bought one from Toys R Us for five bucks when I worked there, when they were going out of style. If you And if you pressed the button, it would go, T-Pain microphone. And it was the... And it was just a very strange toy to be marketed to. Alright, I'm gonna put it on I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. I like T Pain. I respect T Pain because that's goofy. If you're gonna market your gimmick as like a um, children's microphone toy, like sure. Like that's so goofy. Where like most you won't see like a Dr. Dre like uh, you'll see his headphones. Yeah, he's got that in marketing. But, that's but you won't that. see like something goofy like that that's so you won't see like a Dr. Dre toy. Right, you'll right, see like right. an Eminem action figure. You'll Perfect. see like a T Pain microphone. Yeah, like, like T Pain and Snoop Dogg always have had a sense of humor and yeah. have been like, yeah, we rap and we'll occasionally be like, yeah, take out my gat and then I do my thing. But ultimately, Snoop Dogg also got away with murder. But you know, I don't want to talk. About it. <laughs> but also, they know. Who, don't talk about my friend Curtis that way. But also, they know who they are. And, yeah, and I'm like, it's in a in the rap game. 
welcome to the top five. We're talking about our top five Adult Swim shows. But in the rap game, to know who you are and have a sense of irony or even a sense of self that is not just aggression yeah. is a big deal. To not be, I got all the money in the world and I got this and I got that. It's I understand having a persona. Refreshing. I understand to, having yeah. a persona and you know really having to have that pub that persona that um, is who you are on your albums. It's who it's what you're marketing, but also being able to be outside of that and parody that and yeah, not take it so seriously. Absolutely, is refreshing. I agree. I think it's refreshing. I think honestly, it's it's what I'm looking for in hip hop. I, <laughs> I, well, all right. I saw Lil Yachty on a thing for uh, Teen Titans yesterday, waiting for this Adventure Time episode to air. He did like a t- song with Teen Titans, and I don't know who Lil Yachty is. No, I like, don't I, know. I, it's it's just, I, he's a cool. He's a, he's one of them. Seems, he's seems a cool cool I'm, guy. I'm an old guy. I'm old. Yeah, I, but he's he, like the hot. He's hip. He's a cool he, dude. It's cool. I I'm always impressed. Uh, uh, I hate to to bump a white boy rapper uh, and see him because that by itself is uncool. But, uh, oh, Ma- I almost said Macklemore. Shit. Mac Miller? No, 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 Um, completely. Watsky. Uh, I, sh- I saw Watsky at, um, the waiting room. I didn't realize it was the first show. He was the first show at the waiting room in Buffalo. Watsky? Watsky. He's a, he's a white boy rapper, but he has a, yeah, she, okay, our studio audience agrees. Um, but he, he has a song about how broke he is and how it's all going to be okay because he's broke. And I'm like... It is nice to have a rapper level with me because it is hard. I'm driving to work and all I want to hear is hip hop. But what I'm getting is I got, you know, money and chains. Well, you're listening to wrong hip hop. I mean, there's underground hip hop that does have a social conscience and is also relatable. I appreciate that. Sometimes I just want to hear about murder. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to be like, like, (laughs) like, listen to people like, yeah, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to bury you somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, that does make me feel better in a very office space, yeah. going to work, damn, it feels good to be a gangster kind of way, you know? Sure. I'm I glad you, this came up on the Adult Swim episode. I know, yeah. This sounds like um, a pop five episode. So some, um, some yeah. of my honorable mentions, uh, I Can't Let It Go, Metalocalypse is great. Metalocalypse. Um, Brandon Small, who is Brandon Small uh, from Home Movies, Yes. Uh, is the voice of Nathan Explosion Pickles, a drummer. He does all the music. Yes. He does the music for Home Movies Incredibly as well. Incredibly talented. Um, the song, the like Baker Man, the rock yeah, opera, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Home Movies is amazing. Um that guy also did Thunder Horse. Also, <laughs> super funny guy. Follow him on Twitter. Like, just a super funny guy. Yeah. Very talented. That is that is someone who was very talented and put their talents into some weird shit, and it really worked out. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, to really make that shit work out. Yeah, absolutely. No, and uh, my last honorable mention is Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. I wanted to put that on there. I couldn't remember a single episode. It's so good. Uh, John Glazer is, uh, plays Jesus, or Jesus. Oh, is that the DJ? Yeah, G.J. Jesus. Uh, John Benjamin is the devil. Eugene Merman is one of the nuns. Um, who else is in that? Melissa from Home Movies uh, is, I think, was the original voice of uh, the daughter. Um, but is it, it, it's another Lauren Bouchard episode, or show, <laughs> Uh, which later went on to do Bob's Burgers and also did Home Movies. So it's kind of that bridge between Bob's Burgers and Home Movies where a lot of the characters are still back. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the people that are secondary characters on Bob's Burgers are found within those other two shows as well. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That is nice. That is nice. 
What time we got? We got a couple minutes. Uh, reverse top five. What are your wor What are your least favorite Adult Swim? Honestly, I almost want to put Twelve Ounce Mouse on my least favorite. <laughs> I know that's my least favorite too because I know Be there's no payoff because there's <laughs> nothing for it. But it enchanted me. But I didn't like it. It I just happened. You have to force yourself to watch. It dares you to watch it. It's a thing that happened to me. It's not a thing I enjoyed or watched. It was just a thing that happened. To so me. once upon a time, Matt was living on my couch when I lived in Buffalo. And he watched all of 12 Ounce Mouse while he was living on my couch. And I remember catching bits and pieces of it. And then afterwards, he's just like, I don't know what I... No. Yeah, just, I don't... I remember being in my basement and my and my two friends, uh, Kevin, who, who sings the intro on this, and, and Hefri, um, came over to my basement and they were like, we're watching this, we're high. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Also, you invited yourselves over here and I'm very confused. Yeah. I always kind of had one of those basements. Yeah, It was really like did. the basement from that 70s show. People just showed up and I'm like, that's not a realistic show where people just walk into like no, someone else's totally basement. Happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. Uh, I, I walked into your house today. Yeah. I didn't let you know I was here. No. I just showed up and you were facing the other way I rubbed your rubbed your house. It'd be weird if I had to like go answer the door. Yeah. Um, I remember being uh, uh, Oh, for those at home, we're, we're recording at my mother's house, the mobile <laughs> yeah, studio. Yeah, oh, he's on the road. You mentioned that earlier. The mobile studio yeah. has ended up at my mom's house in a weird little room. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I remember being woken up because I was sleeping by my dad saying, all your friends are here. Go hang out with them. And I was like, wait, my friends are all here? And going to the basement would be like five people. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hello, all my friends. I'm not getting out of my jammies. <laughs> Good to see you. Let's hang out. Um, like we're watching Back to the Future Marathon. Take a seat, Taylor. Like, oh, all right, I got. Some. Oh, all right. Pat cool. brought a bottle of Pat brought a bottle of Kraken. <laughs> um, the number one, the worst show, uh, the Heart She Holler. Um, it so could bad. have been better. It, it could they have been had anything. so many people in it. There's yeah, and that was almost a throwback to that avant-garde, unwatchable Adult Swim, where it's like, I've seen every episode of the Heart She Holler. I've seen it all. And I hate it. Yeah, I don't like that show. I was looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, Pat Oswald, Pat Oswald, Chris and Shaw, great, like, absolutely, yeah, bunch of good people, terrible, and it's avant garde and just nuts. Help me remember this one. Uh, something about an angel. No, it was like, no, a different show. It was it was something about Xavier Renegade Angel. Yeah, that one. Okay. Not only unwatchable, unlookatable. <laughs> like I could not look at it. It's this awful computer animation about a character who has backwards knees and I'm like I can't look at this I want to look at anything else get me pull up channel 2 I just want to watch the channel scroll by I want to watch anything but I wouldn't be shocked to find out that if like the Harshie Holler was made by like PFFR who did like Wonder Shows and yeah. it's got that like level of just like I thought unsettling. One, I thought Wonder Shows was an adult swim show. That it's was not, MTV M Two. MTV Two. Yeah. Yeah. And what's cool about that? So I never had cable growing up, but we could weekly get a MTV Two over the air oh. that would come in. I don't know where it was being broadcast from, but I could get it through rabbit ears, like really grainy. Yeah. And I'd seen a couple episodes of uh, Wonder Shows and, and forgot what it was called for years, and like later on, I found DVDs of it. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. I yeah. Someone I knew had the DVDs, and I would play it at parties, but it was the special features oh, where it'd just be, like, weird zoom-ins. Like, yeah. 20 minutes of zooming in on, like, David Cross's face going, here, 
and your brain would just start melting. Yeah, imagine watching that on drugs. It's just a bad time. Bad time. Um, another really good honorable mention is, uh, I have to say Super Jail. Um, Super Jail I enjoyed. Super Jail I enjoyed. I enjoyed. The creator of that show later did a show called Robotomy that aired on Cartoon Network, I want to say, and it was the same kind of animation where a lot of stuff's happening, a lot of weird transitions between scenes. Yeah, a lot of stuff in the background. A lot yeah. Of, a, lot of, a lot of gross stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening. Um, Super Jail was James Wayne, was the voice of the warden. Um, it was an interesting show. Um, the animation style kind of had to grow on you. There was just yeah. so much happening all yeah. the time. That uh, it was just overwhelming at times. Did Cheeseburger do the theme yeah. song? Yeah. I love Cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. I never heard Cheeseburger until that theme song. That's all I knew. Actually, my that. band covered that. No shit. I played the Lost I'm Horizon once, and my band covered it there. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Just me and Pat. They have a couple of songs that are on my, my daily playlist. Oh, yeah? A couple they, songs? Yeah. No, they oh. got one called... Uh, it's like New Year's Eve. It's like, do you remember New York? It's it's really it's it's really just a good rock and roll song. That's cool. <sighs> Pat, I feel good about what we did today. Do you feel good? Yeah, it's good. I can, I can talk about anything forever. I can just bullshit. Even well, if you I went to school for this. Yeah, I, right. I I studied for this. <laughs> I studied by watching like by not having cable growing up and then suddenly having access to. Uh, a torrent client where I could get all the TV I've ever missed and be like, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to devote two weeks to watching something like all of Adventure Time, like three hours a day, 16 right. episodes a day for two weeks and just get it done. And that's that's a trip. I, I'm Eventually, good. that's got to like just all blend together into like just colors. No. Like, no, it's stuck no, with it. it. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. I got so 12 deep. episodes left to watch. I'm going to do so it today. Deep. It's Finish so good. It. Now I just, it. I just want to read about the lore afterwards because that's it. I just get sucked into the lore. Yeah, the I don't give a shit too. about the thing itself. Like I'll watch it and I'll oh, yeah. enjoy it, and then I want to know everything about the rest of it. Oh yeah. Like oh, I yeah. Uh, the deep secrets of what I just watched. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Like uh, there was something I was watching recently, and I'll just like spend all day on Wikipedia just researching it. I think it was like maybe like. Uh, like Thor Ragnarok. I'm like, I I like that movie. Yeah. And I want to know everything about it. Oh, like the Fenris just... Wolf is actually Loki's there... son. Right. And like, I've never seen the th- like I've seen the thing once, yeah. but I yeah. know all about all the everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed Ragnarok because it it does have it's a so lot good. of it's a basis in Norse mythology that was delightful and also in like weird eighty stuff. I should talk about my top five Jeff Goldblum movies. Have you seen the... I would love to do that. I, I love Jeff Goldblum. Our studio, our studio audience thinks that's funny. I love Jeff Goldblum. Anything he's in, I could watch. He could read me the phone book, I and I would book. I would sit and I'd marathon it. I actually got suckered <laughs> into... I'd call out of work. I got suckered into watching the Tim and Eric movie with... Um, because... Tim because, Eric any good? That's one I haven't no, watched. No, I don't yet. like it. Really? I'll have to check it out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, no, Tim and Eric I don't care for, but I got suckered into watching the Tim and Eric movie because Chef Goldblum was at the beginning and goes, Hi, I'm Chef Goldblum. Chef Goldblum? I'm Chef Goldblum. That's good. Yeah, it was good. All right, we're winding down. Pat, what do you have to plug? You got anything coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably be writing the eighth installment of uh, my comic, Mellow Out. Uh, it's got a Facebook page, Mellow Out, the bean-shaped man, whiskey bottle companion. Um, the eighth book might end the series. It's been, oh, I know. It's been I wrote, years. I know. I wrote it 
I wrote the book a year ago. I haven't put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Wrote it. I let it sit. Later on, if I think it's still good, I'll flesh it out, and that'll be. Think it. it's still good? I think it's Why good. Not? I think um, it's good. I've always enjoyed it. I still have hard copies. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to get you the rest of them. I'll yeah, yeah. Put the new one out. Uh, also, my band, Patty Bike Rack. P A T T Y B I K E R A C K. We got a band camp, Patty Bike Rack. Um, check it all out. It's cool stuff like folk punk, hip hop, ska yeah. punk. That's a, whatever you want. They got yeah. it. We do it all. We're uh, we're a funk fusion band. Um, we're also a ZZ Top cover band. What? Uh, called TT Zop. Okay. Yeah, we, we try to do a lot of. We we just mix it all up. All right, get on it. Get on it. Everyone, look it up. I endorse it. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Petty Bike Rack exists. Mellow Out exists. Check out those things. They're real cool. Avant-garde, Mellow Out's avant-garde, weird bullshit, kind of like uh, early adult swim. I guess there's a lot of influence there. Clearly, it's my wheelhouse. So, yeah. No, I agree. All right, guys, that's it for top five for this week. Don't forget to rate and subscribe or whatever. Give to the Patreon I don't have. Um, Get a and, Patreon. And if you feel good about this episode, if you don't, let me know. It's uh, We're on Twitter at top5 underscore podcast. That's top the number five underscore podcast. And we'll see you next week. And I miss you already.